Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie, Chuck Wagon, Davies, and Hollywood Heath Pierce. And today on this very show, we are doing our power rankings. And no, it's not about who has more powerful flex between me, Charlie, and Heath. It's about our top 10 players right now for the U.S. Men's National Team. And the rules are, the, are such. We're going to work from the bottom to the top. We're going to start with number 10. But before we get there, Heath and Charlie, do you have any prefaces that you want to state? Like, for example, I don't have any injured players on my list. So Gio Reyna, Serginho Dest. Uh, Chris Richards, Miles Robinson, Zach Steffen. I, I, I'm, that's my one big preface. I didn't have okay. any guys that were currently okay. hurt. But Heath, I'll come to you first. Any any prefaces that yeah. we should know going I got, into this? I got two prefaces, Jimmy. <laughs> if you put Greg Berhalter into a player top 10 <laughs> ranking, Charlie and I are I walking I away for <laughs> Alex. Just for, end uh, it. We're, yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. the YouTube. Well, just if, shut if the thing we down see and Greg just Berhalter on your top ten list. <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah. Shut it down. Okay. My second preface is that my uh, top ten power rankings are based on uh, current power rankings, not based on how they fit within the team or whether they're a starter or not, because then we would just give our starting ten, and that's not how my power rankings work. So. Be ready. Interesting. Okay. All right, Charlie. Any prefaces that we should know before we walk into? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Similar these to heat. choppy waters. Okay. Just my power ten. It's not position specific. Uh, I did exclude goalkeepers. I just went with field players. So no goalkeepers in my top ten. Okay. okay. But um, all right. I'm one last preface. Injuries out. Oh, here we more prefaces. Okay. Everybody. One, here we go. One, 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 one last uh, preface. I want Alex to keep track of all future power rankings because if any of you two are putting your friends in there because they're your friends, because <laughs> uh, I know you guys got friends on the national team. So do you. That what are you consistently. About? Yeah, but okay, I want to be held to the same standard. But if I, it's Charlie especially, because I know I know he's got some boys in the team and they always seem to uh, get some love on this podcast you know, until, <laughs> until Charlie hates them. I just want Alex to start tracking that. Producer Alex. That also, also another preface. Where is Charlie today? Because that is an immaculate <laughs> backdrop. <laughs> Is that is that one of your kitchens in, in your yes. where are where are um, we? Great, yeah. Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> Somebody said Charlie's reporting live from the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you gotta watch this show visually, you know? Yes, absolutely. It's it's oh just uh, another God. vibe for the show. Just another okay. vibe. Another like vibe. It. Number another vibe. All right, let's start with number 10 then, shall we? Now, this was a consensus of our three power rankings, but I guess we'll also be able to Kind of break him apart. Number 10 is Gio Reyna. 
Okay. So, so number 10. So I, I'll go first here because just given it was tough for me to like bring the, the injured guys into the team. Obviously, Giorena would be in our top. Uh, obviously, 10, it wasn't that tough. It wasn't that tough, Jimmy, because you had him in your top 10. So I, well, I didn't I have did, him in my top 10. This is our consensus. This is our consensus. <laughs> he wasn't in my top 10 either. So clearly, the, the rankings. I mean, I assume, Charlie, you had him what? How, how I have the list for you? I had him at number six. And me and Heath, you didn't. I didn't have okay, him on my top so ten. I had my injured reserve. Have, yeah. Mm-hmm. So no. the way it worked, it was to add all of our choices up, divide by three, and Giorena slipped in right at number ten. So wait, right. yeah, okay. So yeah, Charlie, Charlie is. Uh, so okay, get, so, yeah. so explain then, Charlie, why you had Giorena on your list in general. So the my reasoning was Giorena, when fit and healthy, is a starter on this team. He, he's that gifted. I mean, it was just a snapshot in Azteca where he's able to dribble literally six, seven players in, in one go. But Gio Reyna has the goods. He's a special player. He, okay. in, in wait, my wait. opinion, is is uh, is on the power rankings, and he's at six right now. Okay, but he's so where, where was Team Awea then for you? Because Pulisic's on Timo one side, Team Awea's on the other side. You he's do want me to just give you my 10? How about that? You want, hey, Jimmy, you want 10. the 10, Jimmy? Or you want, want or, you, or are you trying to put him on a, in a lineup, Jimmy? Because this isn't just, a lineup 10. That would just be a starting lineup. No, listen. If he's trying to say he's an automatic starter in this team and we got Timo Weah that's ranked higher than him and Pulisic ranked higher than him, where does he start? Where does he start? Timo Weah is at five for me. Oh, wow. Okay, so I've never played with two wingers on the same side. But I haven't either. I'm just trying to understand how this works. That gives you an idea. So I have Weston McKinney at one. I have Tyler Adams at two. I have Christian Pulisic at three. I have you Adam just Smith unhinged at- this entire power rankings challenge. <laughs> I don't really. Yeah, it's all on getting defensive. He's getting defensive. <laughs> well, be, is it, because you guys are already all over the place. So Eunice Moose at four. Timo right, Weah at five. Gio Reyna, Dest, Aronson, Zimmerman, Robinson. That's my power okay. 10 right now. Okay. that's great. And, see, and that's the problem is Gio Reyna is at six considering that the three midfielders are are Musa, hey. uh, Musa McKinney and Adams, and Way is in front of them. So, hey, Jimmy, this guy, this guy must be with his kids at Cheesecake Factory because he's, he's <laughs> he is heated right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's hot. He's got kids knocking waters off the table, all kinds <laughs> of stuff right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to yeah, no. see yours. I want to see you. This is this is my thinking. Okay? I kind of want to break okay. down yours first. Yeah, yeah. Break uh, it yeah. down. Break it it's down. Fair. Break I it like. Down. It. Let's break it down, Charlie. Okay. Okay. So, I mean. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Charlie. Explain All yourself. Right. Weston is, I, I think, our most impactful player in terms of how much distance he covers in the midfield. But in terms of getting on the end of set pieces and being a real catalyst in the attacking third, which I, which Tyler Adams isn't there yet as a player. Tyler Adams, incredible. But I think what Weston is able to provide this team as as kind of both defensively and winning second balls and getting into the attacking third playing at Juve and starring at Juve, I think his club form as well has been, been strong that he's, he's the one number one right now, Tyler Adams, his his club form has dipped, but I think with the national team, it's, it's still been consistent. So he's just the leader within the group. Everyone looks at him as, as the captain, really. Um, Christian Pulisic, we've seen, it's just been so up and down with club and country. Now, when he is the man, when he's doing his thing, He's he's the best player that we have, but it's we haven't seen it consistently. And I think that's when Christian goes from on the on the verge of talking about being the the goat for the U.S. men's national team to actually being the goat for the U.S. men's national team because Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan had done it 
for year on year on year. So you have that longevity of success. So that's what Christian needs to bring to the table. Um, Yunus Musa, after this camp, he said, I'm here. I'm staying and I'm going to be on the pitch because now he's developing in the final third, which is where we need to, him to okay. be. He's so different than than Tyler and Weston in terms of dribbling, but I think that vaulted him to number four, that he's indispensable for this team because he, he gives you something that the other players can't. And um, Heath, can I jump that, in really quick? Yeah. Or Charlie, can I? Uh, it's clear you hate number nines for the U.S. Men's National. I don't see oh, one time. goddamn number nine on this list of yours. How, how could you? How, how could you say a number Four nine goals is... against Granada, dude. Put some respect. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Jimmy. Come, who, 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 would, who, who would Jesus Ferrer go over? Let's think about that. All right, Timo Weah, he, he's, he's proven that he's, he's an impact player for us because he gives us also another dynamic that we, we don't typically have, which is stretching. But also he's shown that he's developing, coming in, checking this into different spaces, and, and he can score goals. Um, Gio Reyna and Dest. We know what they're capable of. Their talent. They'll be higher on the list when they're playing consistently. But mm-hmm. I'd say right now, they're they're top ten. You you expect them to start in the world uh, at least definitely Serginho Dest to start in the World Cup. Okay. Aronson, I mean, enough said. He, he got a, a a big time move to the Premier League. Uh, oh, you got three right wingers in the top ten. I forgot. <laughs> I've never played with three right white right wingers. <laughs> That's exactly. So this is not based on on formation, right? We're talking about depth chart and, and strength and. This is where the strength of our t- team lies. Walker Zimmerman, I think we realize how he's our best center back right now. He, he whether you like it or you don't, I think he's improved a lot. He's he's kind of been steady. one of those players that you can rely on. You know what you're going to get out of him. Um, and then Anthony Robinson, because we have no left back depth, he he's that important. So mm-hmm. if you, we lost him, we'd be in some trouble. So that's that's kind of how I, I right. put together this list. No, no, I, I appreciate that. I I agree with you on the Destin Reyna stuff. That once they're playing, they'll move up into my top ten. They just haven't been involved recently, and that uh, obviously bums everybody out. Because we want yeah, to that involved. means they have no power. There's no power. Zero the, power. power. They got yeah. no like Charlie quads. You know what I mean? They no got power. zero power right now. All right, so Heath, let's see your top ten. Then I'm kind of curious. And then oh, you guys geez, can just just throwing nit, it up. Uh, you want to throw it, throw it up there here uh, whenever you're yeah, ready. Let's Alex. see it. Let's yeah, see so, it. Oh man, I'm gonna get attacked. Uh, I'm, cool. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? Like, uh, I'm, I can't wait I'm, to see I'm, this now. All right. So when, when we get this thing up, see if I can get my handy mouse going. Uh, there we go. It's moving. Let's see if, uh, Alex has mine, uh, ready to go up and we'll, uh, walk through it, but I've got, uh, I'll start at number 10. Paul Ariola. What do you guys think? Huh? Wow. It's quiet. It's quiet. That, it's quiet that, was, that, that was, that was a bit of a surprise to be honest. Yeah. It's a surprise. But are you, you want I, me to start 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? Because I no, I'll, no, I'll go let's, go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go 10 to 1. Okay. Paul Ariola is just one that I think uh, continues to show value in the national team. And again, my power rankings are based on just pure form, not necessarily like who who are the who I it's like trending upward, trending downwards. And he would have trended way upwards in my book just on on his performances in camp. And quite frankly, doesn't get a ton of time, but when he gets time, I think he makes makes use of it and is a useful part of this national McKinney, team. Now McKinney's on your 10. Oh, I didn't have McKinney in my can only because he hasn't been playing much lately. And he was he, just he played, he played in the last camp. <laughs> yeah, but he's not playing. He's not like he's playing much. Did he have what even in the last <laughs> played, camp? I would have put him the, in my he top played 10. In the last camp. He played in the last camp. You wouldn't, he wouldn't he, be he one of my McKinney 10 in your top 10. He, was actually, he, he wasn't okay. Are, are we, in this last camp, he was not one of my 10 <laughs> best players Jimmy, in the last camp. Jimmy, are we for real with this? Hey, listen, Weston McKinney's in my top three, dude. So I, I, Weston McKinney is not in your top 10. 
I don't care <laughs> if he's played if he's played it doesn't 10 matter. minutes. Top he would not have been in your if, top 10? Yeah, not in this last camp. There was nothing about his performance that put him in the top 10 in this last camp. Holy. It miracle. actually it actually took me a while to realize that he didn't have us to be like, He, he didn't put like, can we just take this list off the, off the screen? <laughs> but what is uh, all I know is if it's a current power ranking, why no, do I care? Because people that he, that can't they can't see it. They have to hear what's happening. Because Wes McKinney could be at fifty percent. It doesn't like, matter of his of, of his skill level be on the top matter. ten. It wasn't Weston McKinney that I've seen before. I don't care that he started at Juventus. This is a current power ranking. Weston McKinney's coming back from injury. He was yep. solid in the camp, but he wasn't a top ten player in this camp. Okay. He wasn't okay. Based on okay. four games, he wasn't because he. Okay. I, I, I I just didn't see it. So I, okay. I this is what is this your power rankings or my power rankings? I, I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. All right, do your, now, do your thing. Weston McKinney, let, let him let him let him speak. Weston McKinney, McKinney plays regularly at Juventus. Weston McKinney's healthy, playing in the national team. He's going to be in my top ten, but that wasn't the case in this camp, so he didn't make my top ten. Paul Ariola, I thought had a good camp, therefore he made it into my top ten. Anthony Robinson, similar oh to what you said at nine. Uh, because I think he's important. Jesus Ferreira, again, continuing to be a striker in the team that we're, we're going to in terms of his little movements, getting better as a player. Also, uh, I just thought that his he, he, he took another step forward, I think, at, at being a nine for me, so he made my top ten at, at number eight. Timothy Weah, I had to have him in there just because he's so dynamic. I think he's continuing to become a, a better and better player. Hopefully he makes a move over the summer and gets consistent time this season. Christian Pulisic didn't crack my top five again, mostly because I think he still has. A, I think he can take over this team. Uh, so he's oh, he, he's in the top ten because he's playing with the national team. We'll see what happens this summer. Brendan Aronson was one above him at number five, uh, just because again, solid uh, a solid camp for me and showing that he can play in, in, in a few different positions. Matt Turner's at four. I got a goalkeeper in my top five just because up until Matt Turner played, we talked about how. Uh, Zach Steffen's the one. Zach Steffen's the one. Nothing matters. Zach Steffen's the one. It doesn't really matter. Now Matt Turner's going to go sit on the bench. We're still talking about Matt Turner being the number one. At how the many? Wait, how many games did Matt Turner play of those four? Just two. Yeah. So you had Granada and Morocco. Yeah. All right. Just and want to make sure that that's consistent <laughs> with your Weston McKinney stuff because he didn't play much either. Weston McKinney <laughs> plays. We, Weston McKinney comes on, plays thirty minutes. We go. Oh my I, gosh! I, it's Weston McKinney. He plays at Juventus. Weston McKinney. Look at how at, good he at is. Seventy-five percent is still in the top ten. That's my my point. He could he could play one match of the that's four and still be. This top is why 10. I preface it by saying to Alex, you, "We got to track your friends in this list because if your <laughs> friends aren't in my list. You start get upset about your friends not being in my list." Weston McKinney is a top 10 player in our national team. Weston McKinney right now in the current power rankings for me is not in the top 10 based on this last camp. I just can't give it to him. I would love to, but it didn't really, it wasn't like the star <laughs> Weston McKinney. Every other camp I would give it to Weston McKinney was in, but he, he didn't play much and, and he wasn't, he was just kind of average. He wasn't Weston McKinney that I, that I, that I've seen before. So he didn't make my top 10. Uh, Tyler Adams at three. Again, like Charlie said, leader in the team, captain in the team. Walker Zimmerman actually at two. Because while he's not as dynamic as we'd love to see from a center back, he has shored up that back line in a lot of ways that has allowed us to worry less about that. We go back to John Anthony Brooks. We all liked him when he's on the ball, but but he was a liability defensively at times. And and I think what a Walker Zimmerman taking the chance that he's had and with the Robinson injury has just changed the dynamic of that back line to being at least somewhat secure in one spot. And now it's just about who's going to be next to him. Who's going to be next to him? And I think there's something deserving of that. Plus, he he drives think, a lot of clean sheets for this think, national team. Do you think his performance against 
Uruguay was number two worthy on this list? Well, it was based on it was based on all of his performances and how the form that in he's in camp. right now. Just in the in camp. The camp? Yeah. yeah, in the camp. I thought that he, I still think that he's a number two based on the fact that he's More been solid. Than Tyler and, and Pulisic and Aronson. I mean, you're comparing <laughs> apples to oranges on positions. I'm not going based on Charlie, positions. Charlie's trying to poke the bear right now. Charlie just wants to go. Charlie just wants to go with like the same guys every. If you gave Charlie a power ranking, he'd go Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, Christian Pulisic as as his first three all the time, and he just he could you could put him in a blindfold, and so those guys come into camp, and we they leave. I can't camp, wait to show Charlie you my list them, then. <laughs> uh, and then Eunice Musa. Regardless of what you say about Eunice Musa, we always end up talking about him after camp, how good he is. Mm-hmm. And how how impactful he is into the team. We talk about he's young. Okay, yeah, he's not necessarily that much in the attack. He's not in the final third all the time. But we still leave every time going, that player is something different. And he's one of the few players that we talk about consistently as someone different in the terms of this style of play, the strength that he, that he has. And I thought that was warranting of, of a number one spot uh, from, from this camp alone or based on this current power rankings. Again, it's not a lineup. So, so your power rankings 11. is just based off of camp? This last yeah, time. yeah, like, that's it. It's it's literally based on today and what I recently came out of. Right, we're not coming out of a, a league season. We're coming out of a long stretch with the national team, four games. Mm-hmm. And Eunice Musa, I thought, was really really good in this team and continues to. Uh, even though I would love to see Brendan Aronson in, in in the central midfield, Eunice Musa is making it impossible because you know Weston's going to play, you know Tyler's going to play, and that leaves only one spot in there, and yeah, that could maybe be Giorena. But yeah. uh, Eunice Musa continues to make that a challenge mm-hmm. because of. Those three together and the tools that they have, mm-hmm. even though it's a little more neutral than it is uh, attacking or attacking minded that I think Brendan Aronson could do in terms of pressing, winning the ball in good spots and that sort of stuff. Yunus Musa uh, would be the perfect excuse to remove from the field. And every time that he plays, you continue to go, wow, he needs to be on the field. But this is this 10 after the World Cup camp or currently right now today? Because if it's the camp, then Luca De La Torre has to be in the top I 10. agree. Yeah, De La Torre should have been in there. That's a good Easily. show. I mean – that's a good I'm just shout. Poking a holes. Shout. That's all. That's no, all. No, you can poke it. holes. That's the thing about a ten is that some, some, some. There are some loopholes in every ten. You know, uh, <laughs> unless you go yeah. with just unless you go Jay with Greg over Ariola. Yeah, yeah. Ariola was my was my hot take from from my ten. He he fit in the number ten only because of the fact that again, you're you're totally right. Luca De La Torre had a better camp than 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 Paul Ariola, but I also felt like for a ten. We could easily just give our best 10 out of 11, and that's the power rankings every time. And that's not very fun to talk about. Well, I guess my list But But, but, like but I will say Luca De La Torre is an oversight, and I messed that one up. And it definitely would have gone in probably over Jesus Ferreira, Paul Ariola. Respect, respect yeah, to, even, to even, you even, acknowledging even, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate I, that. As I, was, as I was going down my list, I was trying to make sure that I had a few in there that wouldn't be expected because otherwise we just play our best we just put our best 11 in a power rankings and that's not a power rankings power rankings well, based on is. people who not really because because we're, we're, all, there's, we're not all gonna have the same 10 in the same same uh number yeah but if we did our best 11 we'd have eight out of at least eight out of 10 being the same and i don't think that's a, a discussion or a debate i think a player that's played himself from player 26 or 23 mm-hmm. up into up and like played himself through through the roof in, in a camp like that that could be and I don't mean through the roof, but proved themselves to be jumping upward in a top 10. Otherwise, we'll never crack the top 10. It's literally your starting 11 for the most no, part. No, no, it's and not I the starting 11. It's the best 10, 11, best 10 players you have. I have. I have my interpretation. And it's funny that we all have different interpretations of this ask where producer Des and producer Alex are like, hey, just give us your top 10 players. And yeah. we're all taking it in different ways. Mine's kind of a merge between you two. So we'll get into my list here. And I hope actually, you have injured players in there, Jimmy. I hope I don't. you do. I don't have. I have like an Charlie. injured reserve. 
No, no death. Gio Reyna hasn't played in seven months, hasn't been in the top 10 power rankings. No, I got Matt Turner at number 10 because, kind of to your point, Keith, there were certain players that I think solidified their position within the team. And I think he did enough in his two games where it's like he's our number one. Zach Steffen can come back and he can maybe – I don't know how he's going to try to – beat out Matt Turner at this point because Matt but why Turner, is that though Jimmy why 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 have we shifted so quickly from like Zach Steffen good with his feet he's going to be the number one to, and Matt Turner attacking his feet because of the way we want to play to now being Turner's the one like where was that shift was it was it his was it was it Zach Steffen's club performances plus injury well or, I mean, yes I think I, I don't know I actually want to get your guys's thoughts but I think that there's some element of Matt Turner has kind of has a chip on his shoulder about this this commentary and this narrative about him not being very good with his feet. And you can tell he's been working on it. And he made some made some plays against Morocco in particular where woo, he cut the, you know he he cut it pretty close on a couple, but he still completed the passes. And we got out of one sequence when we ended up getting a I think we ended up getting a goal out of playing from starting from him. And so against Morocco. So I think there's an element of that. And we just not seen a lot of Zach Steffen right now. And I think people are remembering the FA Cup final mistake. And they are remembering um, that he doesn't play as much. So I don't know. I, it's, I don't know what you guys – Charlie, what do you say on, on Matt Turner as my number 10 and, and kind of the Zach Steffen stuff? Yeah. Because I agree with you on how you, Heath, that there has been a shift. And it just feels like Matt Turner is a great shot stopper. Mm-hmm. Puts himself in good spots. He makes timely save, which is really important for the team, which he did against Morocco. And he, every time he gets that chance, he's making the most of it. I would say injuries um, – allowed Matt Turner to, to play. And with each opportunity, Matt Turner proved that he should be in contention for the number one. Yes, he, he hasn't been the greatest with his feet, but he's made improvements. And, and that's all you can ask for as a coach. Okay, you're a great shot stopper, which is your number one responsibility. But as a, as a team, we want our keepers to play with their feet. We want them to be great with distribution. Okay, I challenge you, Matt Turner, to rise to the occasion. He's done that. And on top of that, he's made the move to Arsenal to say, hey, I'm on level playing field with, with Zach Steffen now. I'm, I'm in the Premier League at a, at a top club. So I think from that perspective, uh, top now you can strong, say, but yeah, all right. Now, <laughs> hey, the Europa League, fifth, fifth is not bad. Oh, we didn't go to Newcastle. I've <laughs> cried you tears can, of oil over here. Don't worry. You, you, you definitely can say he is, is level with Zach Steffen right now. And it's not because Zach Steffen is is not in good form. It's because he's allowed Matt Turner to rise, and because he hadn't been available. And and with the performances that he had has had, he hasn't solidified said, "Hey, I am the number one." Because there there have been some of those moments, shaky moments, and that's due to him not being consistent with his play and and health. So I think Matt Turner is a is a great shout just because he just continues to get better. And we also have Ramsdale, who mm-hmm. didn't look good for England against Hungary. Not, not that he didn't look good. The whole team didn't look good when they lost 4-0 recently. I also jump in and, and say that the Zach Steffen performance against Costa Rica wasn't great. He was coming off of his line, kind of flapping a little bit. And there's just those little moments where we're not seeing that as much with Matt Turner. He's a little bit no. more steady. As much as I love Zach Steffen, there's just a steadiness with, with Matt Turner that I think is kind of edging him forward. Heath, to answer your question. Now, at number nine... I got cheeky and picked a number nine and went with Jesus Ferreira because I just thought he's another guy similar to Matt Turner who's now taking another step towards solidifying being the guy for us in that position, especially with Greg Berhalter coming out and kind of saying that Haji Wright didn't take his opportunity and and that Ferreira has. And as we discussed in previous podcasts, even when Ferreira's on the field and maybe he's not scoring, he still finds himself with one or two good 
opportunities a half. And I don't know if we have any other number nine that's consistently creating those types of opportunities. So I want to give him a shout out, especially four goals in a game. You got to yep. give some respect despite the opponent. You want to hop in, Charlie? No, I, I would say the, the four goals, I think someone brought that up in the comments too. It, it's an incredible achievement, no matter who you play against. But you take it with a grain of salt too. I mean, there's perspective. You're scoring four against Granada, but against Morocco and Uruguay, you, you, there were there were no goals. So when right. you talk about the level of competition, there's a clear, distinct difference between uh, those teams playing in the World Cup but, versus a Granada. And and, and I don't want to course, take anything away from them, but at the end of the day, we're doing these power rankings. I look at the players who solidified their spot in the World Cup. That's for sure. But if you were to list, you know, some of these players, and I included Gio Reyna and Sergio Des because let's be real, they're top ten. When they're playing, they're top ten. Of course, hundred percent. Both of them are training now, so I would say, yeah, you you include them. So, um, so Charlie, yeah. tell me this then, as our resident number nine, aren't you more frustrated when you aren't creating opportunities than when you are creating opportunities? You're just not scoring. I mean, isn't that that's something I look at? If I have a player that's at least getting himself in good spots to get opportunities, and maybe he's hitting the back of the net, you know, at some at some point he's going to become good, and, and he, he'll he'll start to score. It's it's I'm I'm when I watch teams play and they're not creating any opportunities whatsoever. Is I think that's the bigger red flag than than a player that is getting good opportunities and just not hitting the back of the net. Agreed. Well, what I would say is his work rate and his ability to, to find the right spaces are are have been encouraging and promising, and that's why Greg Berhalter says, you know what, I'm going to go with this guy because it's been consistent. But the problem is, as a nine in this system, you also have to hold up the ball, and not just mm-hmm. checking for the ball. Mm-hmm. If if in the World Cup, under high pressure, they're going to rely on the nine to hold up the ball. They're going to launch it forward, and he's been poor when it comes to holding the ball down, whether it's w- flicking it on with your head or bringing it down with your chest, controlling it, or if a defender's right up right up um, your back and being able to to turn with a ball to your feet, it, he hasn't been strong enough. And we're talking about the elite of the elite in a World Cup. And so, therefore, for me, that's why there's still this, okay. this discussion of who is the nine. Because no one feels certain that 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 he's going to be the guy. Now, he can be that, but he has to progress over the next six months. That's the biggest part of his game where he needs to develop. I don't care necessarily if he gets you know these, these chances and he's missing because it is all about getting that chance. If you can get those chances, you're not worried. If he's playing for 90 minutes and doesn't get a shot on goal – then you say, okay, something else is wrong, and it's more about the positioning and and being right, aware. Right. But he has those those qualities, but it's the hold up play that's really lacked. And I think that's why people are like, uh, "Where's Pepe? And is DK? Is he healthy yet?" Yeah, right, right. No, no, no. It's, that's those are good shots, and I appreciate that insight. I think that because he's taken maybe another step or two towards being our guy, I wanted to put him on my list. All right, let's go to Anthony Robinson. Uh, number eight, now with our resident left back, Heath Pierce. Let's talk about left back Anthony Robinson. He's also on my list just like you guys because we don't really have anybody else. But what I really yeah. liked about his time when he played Heath was he seemed a little bit more steady than usual. I know he got forward, crazy forward against Morocco, but that was by design because Reggie Cannon was sitting back and, and kind of playing in the back three uh, out of possession. But there was something about Anthony that I liked. I think he's doing a better job of picking his spots of when to go and when to stay. Did you notice that as well? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> he's still I mean I love I love his willingness to go forward because we have the double pivot uh now if you switch those double pivots and we've seen them starting to have a little bit more emphasis on 
Musa and McKinney being a little bit more forward. If you have that, then I think you're a little more exposed. But if you have Eunice sitting closer to to, to Tyler defensively there, which I think has been a struggle for us to connect the lines, but obviously Eunice is good at passing through there, um, then 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 we're a little bit exposed, especially if you're talking about Sujinho Des playing on the other side, who's also going to cheat up high. But I, I do – the one thing that I like, and I will say, and why, why I also had him in my list is – the left-back position at every club in the world is always the one that people want to change. Everybody's No one's ever happy with the left-back position. And for the U.S. men's national team, I think people are pretty satisfied. People are pretty happy. I'm happy with his performances. I'm happy how he defends. I'm happy with how he goes forward. Yes, he could be better on the ball uh, in the final third. His crossing can be better. But his energy and things like that, what he's contributed to the team, his ability to help the team get results, I think is always a nice place because you're not constantly looking at, like, who's the next player that we can come in and challenge him for his spot. And every time that we have done that, not that we have, not that we're super deep at left back, he's continued to rise with his stock. And so I, 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 I like that. That's not a position that we're we're worried about or we're scared or we feel that we're exposed on. And that allows us to again focus our attention elsewhere. No, no, no I like that. That's uh, I like that breakdown. Though I did think he was being a little bit more disciplined, but maybe I no. was hoping he'd be more disciplined. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you as our as our resident left back. We switched to a back three, Jimmy, so he didn't have to be more disciplined. <laughs> that's true. Like, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he was. That's fair. That's his fair. starting point is higher than Jesus Ferreira sometimes, which is which crazy, I, which I do like because uh, he's got the he's got good transition speed and things like that. But but yeah, maybe maybe I'll give you five percent, maybe seven percent, Jimmy, that he's being a little more. Well, uh, if him and Dest are on the field at the same time, there's going to have to be that discipline. Is going to have to yeah. come in for sure. All right, I have Brendan Aronson at seven, and the only reason I have him at seven, kind of below everybody else, uh, the bigger names or bigger names, but like Timo Weah and Eunice Musa, McKinney, Adams, Pulisic, is because I feel like he proved to us once again that he is adaptable in, in multiple positions, and he's got such good energy that I feel like he might have played himself into being our super sub off the bench. Like, oh, we can play him out wide left. Look how great he did against essentially against Morocco. He can play right. We can maybe even put him at Palestine <clears throat> if we want. He just has that. And if we look at anybody else that's coming off the bench, I think Brendan Aronson gives us the best energy and, and the best engine to potentially change the game with what he brings to the table. And obviously with Musa McKinney and Adams playing as solid as they did against El Salvador and, and finding ways to have success in a very difficult situation with the field and, and being away from home. It just feels like Musa McKinney Adams is our midfield going let, forward. Let me ask you this, Jimmy. Yeah. I, I know you've got Musa McKinney and Adams uh, higher up in, in, in your rankings for those that are listening to this in, in, in audio form. Uh, but do you, th- I mean, I, I get this feeling that if Greg Berhalter could have 11, 11 Brendan Aronsons, he would. In terms of the way Greg Berhalter truly wants to play, right? In terms uh-huh. of the way that, that Brendan Aronson plays at the club level, these players that, are part of this modern Gagan press type of thing. I do you feel like if Greg could find a way to fit him in, and this goes back to the Yunus Musa argument and things like that, just what he brings to a game. Again, he's not great in pocket. His pocket presence isn't great. He's not great when the game needs to be slowed down. I understand that, but just in terms of the way Greg likes to press, like if you ask any of these players, one of their major themes for a long time was that Greg wants them to press for ninety minutes. And I think they backed off of that a little bit because, again, it's yeah, at level, thankfully but, they yeah. they should. I mean, yeah. it's impossible to to press the way that I think Greg wants for ninety minutes. I think the the sophisticated or evolved team will learn how to pick their spots. You know, when you see some of the best clubs around the world, they're very smart at when they go and when they stay, <laughs> and figuring out how to move as a group. But yeah, I think there's something to be said about Brendan Aronson and how he fits into kind of 
the mold of what Greg Berhalter wants to see. If he can cram him in, I'm sure he'll figure out a way to do so, but that means we'd have to sacrifice somebody else. So I'll get the team away at six. Team away, I just think, is locked down that right spot. Now, when Gio right. comes back, it's going to be interesting. Zimmerman, I feel like, just like you guys said, just been really steady. We need a steady presence at center back. And then I have Adams at two, McKinney at three, and Musa at four. The old cliche is games are won or lost in midfield, and I thought those guys did a, a good job of continuing to put their stamp on things, that that's the three that we're going to have moving forward. And I went with Christian Pulisic, number one. I know that he maybe didn't have the stats to go with, you know, to kind of back up being number one, but there's something, and this maybe is thinking less about this camp and maybe starting to think overall. So this is where I got a little bit muddled between what you guys were doing with your power rankings. But I think he's incredibly important for our team, as Charlie mentioned. And I think a big part of that is he demands so much attention. He's our star player. When another country is, is scouting us, they're going, they're going to Pulisic first, in my humble opinion. How are we slowing down this guy? And because of that, that's going to open up space for other guys. And it's up to us to, if they're going to double down on Pulisic, the other guys have to step up and take advantage of those numerical advantages that are out there once, that, once they're trying to, to occupy and slow up Christian Pulisic. So there's just something I had that in my mind that, that – that's why he should be number one because of his influence because, and I really liked what he did uh, against Morocco where he gave the penalty up to Haji, Wright. That he's looking to bring other people into the game. He was a captain that one. We've had plenty of discussions here on the podcast where maybe he's not captain material. I don't think we're having those discussions anymore because he's starting to demonstrate <laughs> that he's a proper leader. I don't know, Charlie, what, any, any thoughts on, on my top five? I think it's a solid top five. Appreciate uh, you. <laughs> Christian Pulisic. He's always going to float between one and one and three for sure. You know, and, unless, and it unless depends Heath on has him at six. <laughs> yeah, unless no, he has him at eleven. Um, you don't have the boring. <laughs> your top five is literally the same as a guy who didn't watch the national team for the last two years would go. Well, uh, you know, you got. Uh, nah, he wouldn't have Walker Zimmerman in his five. Uh, Tyler. Oh yeah, Walker Zimmerman. I'll give you Charlie's though. There you go. And that Musa kid, that young guy, right? It was the, uh, you know, it'd be, you it'd be like, it'd be like the, mo- it'd be like the sports I mean, man that just, Charlie, come get your guy, dude. Because it's the truth. That no, we have no, Heath no, here, no, like no. Ariola's number two because he made some great <laughs> runs. Um, and yeah. now I'm going to throw Ethan Horvath up there just yeah. because uh, I want to be different. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think what you did is we put together the top 10 and, McKinney, Adams, and Pulisic, and Musa are, are, are in Wea are, are around your top five. That's that's the real realism of this. To be realistic, all of our impact players are attacking players, except for the number nine, and and you. I think Walker Zimmerman because he's been the center back that we've that we've kind of looked to, to, towards because of injuries. So Miles Robinson, you know, the, you look at other players who can get on this top ten list. Luca Della Torre, so he, he's got a big move ahead of him. Uh, we don't know what that's going to look like. We all know Ricardo Pepe can bolt back into the top ten if he gets going. Um, hey, you know I sent Ricardo Pepe a DM today because he posted that he's back at Augsburg, and I was and I sent like a real motivating message. I don't know why I did it, but I was like, "Hey, man, five months, let's go, let's get it." You know, and I have no reason to do it, uh, but something inspired me uh, to just respond to his post, and he probably won't read it. But I wanted to say it. Now it's off my chest. Now I feel like I did my my coaching part for the day. Like, such a, I, I love that. I mean, such a dad move many, after Father's many, Day. Appreciate how, you. how many former pros are doing that? Like sending words of encouragement because you've been in those. Yeah, shoes. that's because he's that's because these punk ass kids, dude. They're not going to respond. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to be nice. 
I was I, talking I, to uh, the owner of uh, Marseille, Frank McCourt, last week. Jeez. And uh, he was saying, I mean, watch your head. Here comes a gigantic flex yeah, right now. Like What's that about? Head. Is that a Jeez. personal? Is that a personal best lift right there? That flex. That guy used to own the Dodgers too, right? And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, he was saying that Conrad De La Fuente is 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 looking good. So they're they're pleased with him and they expect him because I said, "Hey, you gonna sign any more Americans?" And he's like, "Hey, we have Conrad De La Fuente, and he's, <laughs> you know, he he had an injury, but we're we're pretty high on him." So. Did you did you invite Frank McCord over to your house? Because that that's just beautiful. <laughs> is Charlie, is he staying with you? The Charlie's Frank yeah. McMansion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We're gonna take our first and only break of the show. But when we return, we're gonna talk about our consensus top ten, and of course, some stories that are out there. Yunus Musa being linked to Fiorentina, and then the U.S. already booking one of their opponents for the September window, Saudi Arabia. So don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everyone, to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad, also known as, what am I, Cream Cheese? Is that my nickname from, from last week? Cream Cheese. Jimmy Cream Cheese Conrad. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I should be on the And One tour. And uh, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce, we're breaking all things down, U.S. Men's National Team and our power rankings today, top 10. Make sure you hit like and subscribe if you're watching on the YouTubes. We just passed 5,000 subscribers we appreciate you. If you are listening to this in audio form, make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. We'll give you a high five in real life if we ever see you for doing that. And uh, we got two more shows this week. We're going to keep coming with three shows every single week throughout the summer. And then, of course, as we gear up for this upcoming European season and any MLS news that's out there, of course, anything else going around the U.S. soccer sphere and uh, the September friendlies. Let's talk about that first. So, Charlie, I'll come to you. We already got one of our opponents. It's looking like it's going to be Japan and Saudi Arabia, but Japan hasn't been announced yet, but Saudi Arabia has. Are you happy with that opponent to to, to face in the September friendly? Did you want to see somebody different? Do I have to be honest here? Um, well, I don't know. You've been, I'm, you've been honest, pretty honest yeah. with your power rankings at this yeah, point. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm not, I'm not pumped about neither of, of those two opponents and and i get it you want to play different types of opponents but give give me the best uh, give me france give me the netherlands get, you know I, I want the top teams um to, t- to test ourselves against maybe an argentina or a brazil that would have been nice um to go with a france because right. you know we, we are playing england and Japan and Saudi Arabia, no disrespect to those teams, are not going to prepare you for England. And, and I, I know it's a, it's a work in progress and we want to get everybody um, on the same page. And maybe if you, you play a slight, slightly uh, less competitive opponent, 
maybe it's a, a good thing because you you win the games and you, you have that kind of spirit heading into World Cup camp. But we we got to be playing against the best. And do you, again, Charlie, it's a constant that, test. Do you think that that a game like that is is just for lack of the fact that like you know. Uh, Golbazan, the, the the Iranian podcast, was talking about how the Iranian Federation was really poor at like getting ahead of matches, right? To know that like you got this window, and you're competing with everybody for like a good matchup, mm-hmm. right? So everybody's looking for good games leading up to the World Cup. Do you think it's uh, uh, just the lack of availability with teams? Do you think it's them thinking a little bit like Morocco, Saudi? They're going to be a little bit more Iran-like. Do you think? I mean, just thinking about what the value is do you think it's just because that's who's available or that's who they or do you think there's some sort of tactical reason behind that because you could play a poland or something like that that could be maybe closer to england i mean who else would would you like to see that would be england or a wales type well i think england's a a top five team in the world cup so you're only looking at belgium or france uh holland but is it a style of play versus like a a, a ranking Uh, system that you want to prep for I think that's what goes into scheduling these games is the style of play, which which I understand. But I would rather us be tested against the best, no matter what the style is, because that's what a World Cup is, adjusting. And, and you know, in some cases, teams who might be known as, as being a, a very defensive-minded team, maybe they attack, maybe they switch it up, and, and they're pressing high. So you have to just be flexible with, with who you play and. So maybe there's a times where you play France and they concede possession or maybe there's a red card or injury. You, you, you never know. So I'd rather play against the very best to kind of raise our level, to see our deficiencies rather than playing teams that we're going to have a majority of the possession. We're going to probably dictate the tempo. I, I, I just want to say that Saudi Arabia and Japan both automatically qualified out of the Asian region. Saudi Arabia won the group. Japan was in there with them. Australia were the third place team and Saudi Arabia, 10 games, seven wins, two draws, one loss, only gave up six goals in those 10 games. Japan, seven wins, one draw, two losses, only gave up four goals in those two games. What I, I don't mind playing one of these two teams. I just don't understand why we're playing both. I, I to your point, yes. Charlie, I would love to have seen, yeah, one of the other top, you who'd know, you ha- who would you have rather played between Saudi Arabia and Japan if you had to pick one? And then who would be that other opponent? Would you rather a France or a Holland or uh, an Argentina or Brazil? Well, so that's a good question. I would say with regard to Saudi Arabia, they – not that we play like Mexico, but but they're in a group with Mexico. They're in a group with Poland and Argentina, Saudi Arabia. And uh, I feel like they gain more from playing us than maybe we gain from playing them. I don't want – again, like just as you said, I don't want to disres- disrespect either one of these nations, but it would have been nice to potentially play against a team that mirrors – what we're going to see. So with regard to, I don't play one or the other. I don't have any, any, it, there's something about Japan that I always, I will say I those are two world cup teams though, Jimmy, like these are two, these are, these are two teams that are going to be your Wales, your Iran, Yeah, you know, Saudi being more type of like that, the, the more like kind of middle Eastern, North African technical style of play, uh, players good on the ball, explosive, quick, very different. Japan, a different style of play. But, like, are you trying to win your group? Are you trying to get out of your group versus and, – and I agree with you, Charlie. It would be great to play uh, a Belgium or a France. But you also have got to get find a way to get through Wales and get through um, Iran. Okay. And those are going to be the games that get you out of your group. I see 100% where you're going with that, and I, I get it. But let's just say you don't get those results in those two games. How deflating is that heading into a World Cup versus 
losing if you do lose to Argentina or France or Holland or 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 Belgium and and you're still saying hey there were some a lot of positives maybe we lost a tight one or you're like hey that's that's who you're trying to compete with because ultimately we're not looking to out outpace the the Asian nations like that that's not who we want to be stacking up against we want to be competing against the Frances and the Englands and the Belgiums and the Argentinas the Brazils the only way you're going to do that is by testing yourself constantly against that type of level so I would say that's great that you get to see how the, those teams work, but we want to be playing against the best, and, and and it really should be dictating on how you play. Make them adjust to you, not so much, oh, they're in a low block, so we have to – you just play the game. And what, however the game is, it, you dictate it, the tempo, you, you understand kind of the ins and outs of, of the tactics, and, and you just play. But it's just got to be a high level, and the tempo has got to be great. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I, it's, in some ways, I'm trying to look at the top nations and going, well, which one looks like England out of the top nations? Now, again, I Saudi Arabia, Japan, either one of them is fine, but it just would have been cool to maybe have a different, a, a team that maybe looked and tasted like England a little bit. And uh, Belgium maybe with Lukaku. I mean, Brazil can hurt you in so many different ways. France, you know, obviously they got Benzema and, and they're just littered with talent. Uh, Argentina, I mean, Galataro, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I don't know. I I, I wonder. I, when we did interview Greg not too long ago, he had mentioned that that he wanted to face a team from Asia. I just didn't know they were going to do two teams from Asia. But to your point, Heath, and, and I'll let you take it from here, these are two World Cup teams that, that might challenge us in a way that would get us prepared for the Iran and Wales as opposed to really getting us prepared for England. Yeah, and um, I, the, again, that's this is where I'm the most most confused because I remember personally, you know, anecdotally, the three of us would have much rather played against uh, 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 Spain or uh, Belgium or uh, France or anything that you could challenge yourself and test yourself, Portugal, right? Portugal, like, Portugal. I mean, Italy, Netherlands, a Europeans. I, I I think if it was a Brazil or Argentina, I, I see it as less applicable at the moment just because a completely different style of play. But but in any top European side is going to have some elements of the way that England are going to play, right? And England are the ones that you're gunning for, at least from a level, just to test yourself against a top team. Because it's been a while since this national team has gotten to play against a, a top team with, with a full roster. And so I get that. But at the same time, you know, again, when you look at scheduling, it could it's better than I think we're going to see a lot of other opponents have in terms of their matchups, whether whether those are stuck for, I'm not sure if September has some Nations Leagues game in Europe or, or something like that, but it seems like at least they're they're at a certain level of caliber that are going to have some challenges along the way or and some mystery to the team because they're not in your region and, and that sort of stuff, so that hopefully there's some applicable things we can learn and take out of these matches versus what I think we'll see from, you know, we'll see what, what Canada does, we'll see what Mexico does. I'm not sure if their schedule is out and who they have to play, but I would say in terms of grabbing teams that have some application to a World Cup, there's something yeah. there, I think, to get out of it. No, no, there's still World Cup opponents. I don't want to take anything away from that. I remember leading up to 2006, our last tune-up game before we left to go to Germany was Latvia. And I remember thinking, I don't know if this is the best preparation for Czech Republic and Italy and, and it wasn't. Ghana. <laughs> and it wasn't. We got knocked out in the years. Thanks, thanks for No, Jimmy, I can tell you. So, I can tell you. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It was a bad, bad idea. So so let's pivot now from, from these teams overall to Yunus Musa, who we talked about before. And... Apparently, he's being linked away from Valencia to Fiorentina. So, Heath, I'll come to you first. Do you like this move where Gennaro Gattuso, actually, who was at Fiorentina for like three weeks before he, he got out of there, 
is now taking over at Valencia. And now you have this potential link to Serie A. Do you think that's a good spot for Yunus Musa to go? I mean, I, I assume the overall answer for all three of us is, well, if he's going to get to play and play meaningful minutes, then hell yeah, that's what we want him to do because it was felt kind of spotty with Valencia. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's really hard to say because on one hand, uh, you've got a who is who is is that Rocco Camiso the owner? Yes, Rocco yeah. Camiso. So you've got an American owner uh, who is beloved there in a lot of ways, but is a, is a controversial kind of infamous figure in the U.S. soccer landscape. But has gone in and is beloved by the fans and his willingness to put investment in. But there's also sort of this constant tension. So I think having that element, and I know we don't want nepotism in anything, but ha- we've seen that there is a faith in American players that you just mentioned McCourt. We just saw with, uh, you know, obviously Ricardo Pepe, I think is the wrong move owned by an American ownership group, but it could be a good entry point for him. But there's also running the risk of, of what does that mean? Is there a larger play here or is this a pure footballing reason? Now I think Yunus Musa could, could, could <clears> play <throat> here, yeah, from the start and be a starter and be a contributor from the very beginning. I do think that Yunus Musa has probably been written off at uh, Valencia because he's another player that we talk about Brendan Aronson and the national team being super sub. Yunus Musa is young. He's got all the tools to play multiple positions and 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 he he brings something every time he's on the field. Now, the downside of that is that he's young and when things go wrong or things are tense, you have a lot of managers, old school uh, managers that look towards experienced players and that's that's going to hurt him at this time. So to have a new a, a new team or a new club could be a great stepping stone for him to to be in in, in peak form um come come the world cup it's not valencia but valencia is not the valencia it was and clearly he's in and out of the team after his last injury it took him a long time to kind of get the minutes that we had seen that he was getting earlier on in the season and so yeah i think a move is good fiorentina could be the right one so i'll jump in this and i want to get your thoughts on this charlie is that lucas terrera who is was on loan at fiorentina last year played 31 games in, in the league in Serie A last year was their, their rock in that position. Now he's a little bit more of a six and we know that Musa is likes to play a little bit higher up the field or off the shoulder of the six. But, but it's interesting that Torreira, maybe somebody else can fill that gap and then we could have Musa get into that midfield. But Torreira looks like he's out. They fell through with Arsenal and Fiorentina and he might mm-hmm. be on the move to Roma, which would be an interesting signing for Jose Mourinho. <clears throat> but it does open up some space in that midfield <clears throat> for Fiorentina. And if we could get a good run of games, I guess my question for you then, Charlie, is how do you think Munis Musa would do in Serie A? Because it's obviously a different style than what you see in La Liga. Yes, I, I think he would do very well in Serie A. And, you know, do you think they see him as an eight, it, by the way, or a winger? I think as an eight. Yeah. I, I think his play with the U.S. men's national team has allowed people to see his quality in, in yeah. a different position. And when you watch him play, he doesn't see him as a winger. Right, the way he moves, the way he can control the ball, and the tempo, it's and the way he's won second balls, it just seems like it's a perfect position for him. So I think the U.S. has helped him be seen in that way because I think Valencia playing him on the wing isn't really playing him to his strengths. You can show here and there, but ultimately you want him in the midfield just because he has that ability to to break through on the dribble. So in terms of Syria, he would be an asset on on most clubs. So. Um, I'd like to see him make the move just because I think he'll be valued in a different position because at Valencia, they see him only as that player. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm with you. I want him to go to Fiorentina. I, I think that he's done what he's going to do at Valencia. If they stick with him, I think he'll, he would chip away and get his minutes and, and go. But it feels like maybe under Gattuso, 
maybe his style of how he likes to play doesn't fit that system. And if Fiorentina actually wants him and can, can see his future somewhere in that midfield and, and you have an, an American owner who wants to play the American player, you know, there might be some good energy there for him to get some valuable minutes ahead. It's got to be the right cover. club, though. It's, it's, it does. It's got, like, there's, there is a, we've all been through the same cycle that there is a desperation to make sure you are in the best position possible going into a World Cup. Now, we're only five months out that there is a theme in the national team, at least for Yunus Musa, and he's going to go to the World Cup. But he spends five months on the bench. That could change the, 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 the narrative. Now, I still think he's a starter based on his performances, but five months is a lifetime for a player and the anxiety of, of knowing like the stepping stones of losing or, or wasting time that I think we see the desperation. We saw that with Ricardo Pepe going to in Augsburg. I don't think that was a desperation move. It's one of the few clubs that could afford him, but you make the wrong decision. I think this season he'll get Ricardo Pepe will get minutes, but I still think it's the wrong club. And you don't want to get stuck at the wrong club because of how long you could get stuck there. Yeah, no, that's that's always a risk, though. That's the risk that you take. And so if he does go to Fiorentina, hopefully it, it all works out. All right. Now, before we get to our final thoughts, or maybe this will be our final thoughts for this episode of In Soccer We Trust, Charlie and uh, producer De- uh, Des and, sorry, producer Alex, throw up the consensus top 10 for our power rankings, just so we can put a button on this conversation. So at 10, we had Gio Reyna. Me and Heath didn't have him on our list, but uh, Charlie did. We got Jesus Ferrer at the nine, and he plays nine, so that's good. Matt Turner, eight. Brendan Aronson, seven. Timo Weah, six. And then when we click over to uh, five versus one, Zimmerman, fifth. Weston McKinney, fourth. Pulisic, third. Eunice Musa, second. Tyler Adams, number one with a consensus player power rankings, which was the big theme for our show today. Any final thoughts about this or anything else, Charlie? Chuck Wagon Davies? I'm not mad at the consensus top ten. I, I, uh, you just mad at Heath. <laughs> yeah. I, I listen, I feel the same. Like, I'm actually okay with the, the consensus yes. top 10. Like, I like I'm, I'm okay Tyler and Eunice there. Christian, the top three, as Charlie mentioned, always a top three. Weston, uh, uh, wasn't on my list, but four I, is I fine. just can't yeah. believe that you just didn't have Weston on the list. It's it, pretty, it, pretty amazing. It, yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm not giving even out if he, free, if he, like, even if you put no him at 10 lunch. and you're like, oh, he, he didn't, you know, ha- have the most influence, but not on the list. <laughs> Listen, I do not. I think you just listen, forgot I, about him. I, think I, you just, I, I didn't forget about him. About him. And, and I just, I just, I just, it, well, you guys all forgot about Luca De La Torre, but like, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I just didn't, he was in no, you thing. forgot about Luca De La Torre. <laughs> no, he wasn't on either. I did forget, but you guys didn't have him on your <laughs> <Yeah>. list. <laughs> because we don't think he's in top 10, but you okay. went off of camp. So therefore yeah. he should be in the top 10. That's fair. But I will, yeah. I will, I will say this, at least I didn't put a player who had a good game against Mexico and has barely mm-hmm. contributed over a year and hasn't had super performances for the national team and hasn't played and had continuous injuries into a top 10 because of his potential. Okay. That's wow. Just, it's not based on potential. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say this is a list of potential either. I mean, that's all. I mean, what else could it be? He's not playing. When he has played, he's top 10. No. <laughs> no. Against Mexico. Say, no, he's not a top 10 player. <laughs> oh, man. He could be. Producer no, Alex, come plays. get Heath, man. He's losing his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I listen. I love. I'm a. I'm a Gio Reyna fanboy. Today, I'll tell you that. I'm Jimmy. a Gio Reyna fanboy. But like, we're we are giving free. We're handing out free turkeys right now. You know, like we're handing <laughs> out free, free lunch. Turkeys. Yeah, we're giving my, out. My we're man. giving out free lunch. Keith, I love you, but Weston not in your top ten. And then you're gonna say it's a camp and Luca Del Torre's not in your top ten. Come, come on, bro. That's oh, I, I'll, I'll admit the air on Luca De La Torre, but I'll 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 I'll, I'll fight <laughs> for gonna, the fact you, that if you're gonna die on that hill, can, 
Well, I yeah, mean, look, yeah, you could have put you could have put you could have put Weston McKinney in my top ten. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But now at I least, just feel like it's at least you I can be have boring, Heath. You didn't want to be boring. That's that, like that's a hundred percent. He wanted to be the contrarian. He did. No, I'm not contrarian. I just want to have a I just want to have a discussion. I'm gonna, we I'm do gonna this call show you, three days a week. I'm gonna call you <laughs> Herc you know? Pierce. Herc Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, that's the end of the show. We appreciate your support and love and adoration. As always, we've got two more episodes coming up for you this week on Thursday and Friday. We're trying to cook up a special guest as well, so be on the lookout for that. Make sure you turn on your notifications, hit like, and subscribe, of course. And on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie Chuckwagon, Davies, and Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Cream Cheese Conrad saying thank you for listening and watching in Soccer We Trust. We'll see you next time. Later.